Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time in the B cycle. Our first reading is from the Book of Wisdom, chapter 2, verse 12, and verses 17 to 20. Our psalm response is uh, an excerpt from Psalm 54. Our second reading is from the letter of St. James, chapter 3, verse 16, to chapter 4, verse 3. And our gospel reading today is Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 to 37. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The wicked say, Let us beset the just one, because he is obnoxious to us. He sets himself against our doings, reproaches us for transgressions of the law, and charges us with violations of our training. Let us see whether his words be true. Let us find out what will happen to him. For if the just one be the Son of God, God will defend him and deliver him from the hand of his foes. With revilement and torture, let us put the just one to the test, that we may have proof of his gentleness and try his patience. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words, God will take care of him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, the Lord upholds my life. The Lord upholds my life. O God, by your name save me, and by your might defend my cause. O God, hear my prayer, hearken to the words of my mouth. The Lord upholds my life. For the haughty have risen up against me, the ruthless seek my life. They set not God before their eyes. The Lord upholds my life. Behold, God is my helper, the Lord sustains my life. Freely will I offer you sacrifice. I will praise your name, O God, for its goodness. The Lord upholds my life. A reading from the letter of St. James. Beloved, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peaceable, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without inconstancy or insincerity. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. Where do the wars and where do the conflicts among you come from? Is it not from your passions that make war within your members? You covet but do not possess. You kill and envy, but you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not possess because you do not ask. You ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. 
but they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. British recording artist Ed Sheeran doesn't like American award shows. Now, to be honest, Ed Sheeran doesn't really impact my life, nor do his opinions. In fact, despite the fact that he is one of the most successful recording artists of all time and has won six Brit Awards, four Grammys, and two MTV Awards, until a couple of years ago, I had never heard of the guy, and I still can't tell you one song that he sings, although I'm sure he's very nice. But he attended the MTV Awards last Sunday, and he said he thinks the atmosphere is horrible, a, quote, room filled with resentment and hatred, unquote, and Quote, just lots of people wanting other people to fail, and I don't like that, unquote. Notably, he enjoys attending the British award shows more because, quote, in England, our award shows are just like everyone gets drunk and no one really cares who wins or loses. It's just sort of a good night out, unquote. See, the Brits are really good people. Plus, that's where most gin comes from, so I like them for that reason as well. But before I risk restarting the Revolutionary War, I think Sheeran's observation captures an undeniable human phenomenon. Competition and pride often bring out the worst in people. I mean, let's face it, no one ever chants with joy, we're number two. Olympians aren't noted for winning the most bronze medals, are they? And certainly no one ever celebrates a demotion at work. The church, of course, is immune from such worldliness, right? Well, except one of the first things that Pope Francis changed after his election were the standards for being named Monsignor, outside of certain Vatican and diocesan positions with which the title comes with the territory. The Holy Father restricted nomination for the honor to those priests 65 years of age and older who his bishop wanted to recognize for extraordinary service to the church. Furthermore, the Holy Father effectively reduced the number of ranks of Monsignor from three to one, so that in essence, all Monsignori would be created equal. You may be surprised to know that before the Second Vatican Council, there were at least 14 different ranks of Monsignori, with distinct forms of formal dress for each one, and of course, the ever-so-important distinct place in the liturgical procession. And in a liturgical procession, as you can imagine, the further back you are in the procession, the more important you are. Pope Francis feels that careerism in the church is bad enough without priests competing for honorary titles. Of course, it's hard to argue against that on uh, that point. Luckily, with only one rank of Monsignor remaining, and it being so restricted in its use, careerism among clergy is now eliminated. And if you believe that, I've got some swamp land I'd like to sell you for a really good price.
In today's gospel, Jesus interacts with a child in this way. It says, taking a child, he placed it in their midst and putting his arms around it, he said to them, whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. Now, although I've heard these words of Jesus before, today I see them in a different way. A child of first century Palestine had no status. There were no laws protecting the rights and dignity of children because they were unproductive, helpless, and dependent. Put more bluntly, they couldn't earn money for the family, and until they could, they were pretty much just a burden. They were kind of like house pets that had the potential for a greater thing someday. In fact, in these days when there is so much debate over the use of proper pronouns, it's interesting that the child Jesus welcomes in today's gospel, by the way, by putting his arms around it, very interesting, I think, that child is not referred to by gender. Instead, that child is twice referred to as an it. I've always interpreted Jesus's words as instructing us to welcome the poor and the lowly, and we should, of course, but that's only one aspect of his meaning. He actually compares himself and his father to the child. Certainly, he can't mean that God is worthless or that God is powerless, but he can mean that God chooses to be powerless for our salvation. God the Father creates the world and entrusts it to us only to watch us come close to destroying it and ourselves with it. God the Son assumes human nature as St. Paul says, taking the form of a slave to suffer vicariously for our sins and to offer us a share in his life. Jesus never attended any award shows. The only thing he ever was nominated for was crucifixion. And in a contest between him and a murderer named Barabbas, the result was, ironically, the only contest Jesus ever won. And he won by the unanimous acclamation of the Jewish people, his own people. Jesus was seen as worse than worthless, and as a criminal, as the Book of Wisdom says, because he is obnoxious to us. The author of the Book of Wisdom writes to the Jewish community in Alexandria, some of whom are being tempted by Hellenistic culture to abandon their religious beliefs and customs. Big cities are, in every time and place, known for hedonism to a greater or lesser extent. The focus of, focus of the hedonist is on immediate pleasure and instant gratification. If something is good, more of that something is even better. And I don't want it tomorrow. I want it now. Sacrifice is bad. Generosity is bad, too. It's all about me and my pleasure. I'll invite you to share my pleasure only if it increases mine. So we can see how the Jewish dietary laws and moral statutes, especially in regard to the poor and the weak, would be unpopular among the Jews who are seeking enculturation and upward mobility in Alexandrian society. The holy man who spends his time in humble prayer, participates faithfully in the temple sacrifices, and cares for the needs of his neighbor is indeed obnoxious, a constant reminder to the hedonist of what he maybe should be doing and an unspoken sentence of judgment on his deeds. Ah, so is it any wonder that Jesus never won the best preacher award among the Pharisees and scholars of the law? Better to have him crucified 
even in the mind of the average Jewish believer, if it keeps the Roman government from viewing the Jews as a problem to be eliminated. The Book of Wisdom then says what the solution should be for someone who is obnoxious like that. They say, let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words, God will take care of him. That's what happens when we start competing for the passing things of this world. Money, fame, pleasure, honor, and I think the worst temptation of all, power. St. James is a little more blunt than Ed Sheeran on this point. He tells us, Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. Where do the wars and where do the conflicts among you come from? Is it not from your passions that make war within your members? The thirst for power and honor has one clear result, evil, plain and simple. It admits of no exception. There is nothing good that comes from it. And what's ironic is those who pursue it don't even achieve the end for which it is pursued. St. James goes on, you covet, but you do not possess. You kill and envy, but you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not possess because you do not ask. You ask, but do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. St. James says that despite our desperate quest for these things, we don't possess them. Why? Because we don't ask. We don't ask. Instead, we push, shove, and grab for what we want. To ask would mean to realize that nothing is really ours. We have created nothing, and so we deserve nothing. Anything good that we do have is a gift, a gift from God, and given at his good pleasure and according to his will. It is when we think we deserve what we desire that we descend into the ugliness of sin. To be a disciple is to accept our helplessness, accept our smallness, accept our powerlessness, and in humility, to ask for what we need, trusting that God will put his arms around us and give us everything worth having in abundance. You want proof? Name a Pharisee who rose from the dead. That said, is there an award given for best new podcast, religion, and spirituality? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs>